You're listening to the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your calls, Andrew Forbes, Peter Barracchini, and Alex Hopson. Well, you heard it, folks, and here we are back, all three of us, a nice little threesome to start the week, well, start our week in, in the middle of the week. Um, episode 148 of Sticks in the Six, brought to you by the fine folks at the Indale House, DraftKings, and the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, boys, it's been a fun week, all-star weekend in Toronto. It was hopping down there. Uh, mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff coming out of it. Uh, I'm sure Michael Bublé is still the talk of the town with his little... <laughs> shrooms uh driven speech in his press conference but um before we get into all the fun hockey talk boys how you guys doing alex how you doing this week my friend man 148 episodes that might be your best cold open ever that was (laughs) that was phenomenal work well done it was um i'm doing good man uh the all-star game yeah i actually kind of enjoyed watching things uh, for the first time in a long time and Certainly no bias by the fact that it was held in Toronto. Uh, I wish that I could have gotten down there. And, uh, you know, I thought that uh, I thought that the skills competition, the or sorry, the all-star draft was kind of progressively getting worse as it went on. And then Buble saved the entire night with that, that speech about the trims. <laughs> that was like, that was, that was the finest thing I've ever seen. Like I've never in my life, unlike you two, I've never been in a, a media scrum before. And I, I desperately wish I had I had found some way to get credentialed and gotten into that event so that I could make that my first press conference because that was just phenomenal. Um, yeah, other than that, it's been a pretty busy week. Uh, for Monday and Tuesday, if you were uh, <laughs> driving through Toronto and listening to either News Talk 1010 or Chum 1045, you would have heard me uh, doing some traffic updates. Uh, I had to pick up some hours at the radio station. And I mean, let me tell you, boys, seven hours of that in the afternoon. It's one of the most chaotic things I've ever done. It was it was it was wild. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, busy times out in these out in these parts. But uh, just looking forward to sitting back and chatting hockey. Yeah, you I mean, you said it. Um, Buble's Buble's kind of rant came out of nowhere. He was talking fantasy hockey. All of a sudden he's talking. <laughs> shrooms and blades of glory and holy shit i'm at the nhl all-star game but um really really save that uh peter how you doing buddy doing good yeah i mean that whole entire presser would just would have been an absolute treat to have been at it apparently like he wasn't on anything they did say so afterwards or buble said that he wasn't on shrooms but man i mean to say that and then just like get the rile out of everybody in the media room online everybody was like totally buying it at that point but yeah um all-star festivities was absolutely phenomenal i mean this is the first time in a long time that i actually enjoyed watching both draft or basically watching all three nights of the all-star game and like you said alex it's still biased they actually did a phenomenal job and it's kind of sad that you had to get Connor mcdavid in the face of the league to try and salvage an event that you know is blown out of the water by basically all four, all three, all three of the other major pro sports, NFL and NBA, MLB. They do a fantastic job with their all-star games, pro bowls, what have you. But yeah, this was absolutely, absolutely on par with like what they needed to do. And yeah, it, 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 with that out of the way, it's now time for the second half. This is when the grind begins. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I mentioned it to Peter before we kicked off the show here, Alex. I've uh, I've had a bit of a rough week. If uh, my beard looks untrimmed, untamed, it's I've been dealing with a root canal, first time ever, and it Ooh. fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if you can avoid it at all costs, don't get it done. It's the worst thing ever. Um, my whole face was just numb for like, I don't know, two days full of pain. And anyways, um, I, I, I love the all-star festivities as well, boys. Um, it, you know, if I was Booba, I wouldn't have backpedaled. I would have just, you know, ridden the wave. <laughs> like, let's be honest. He got more, he got talked about more in that, in that, you know, 24 hours than his Christmas album has been talked about in uh, <laughs> the last 12 months. So I would have, I would have gone for it, man. I would have just eaten up all the, all the free publicity and, and gone with it. But, you know, I, I think, you know, you know stuff like that's more acceptable now. I just, I, I just, I want, I aspire to get to a point in life where I can be the, the star of the show at the NHL All-Star Draft and just do something as careless as just drop shrooms and talk to the media. <laughs> like, like, like that's not something that 95% of your average people would do, but because he's Michael Buble, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And I yeah. just, I, I want to be at a point in life where that's just something I can, I can decide to, yeah, that's how I'm going to spend my Thursday night. It was on a weeknight too. <laughs> that's, yeah, man, I love it. All well, Thursday night. Either way though, what better way? Thursday night. Um, anyways, boys, the, I, I did want to bring up the all-star game anyways, uh, before we even got talking about it for one, one reason I enjoyed every aspect of it. I thought this skills competition was the best we've seen in, in some time. I thought the all-star draft was a little hokey, but it was, it was fun to watch, you know, seeing the players draft their own, own guys and then Brock Besser get called up and then sent back to his seat and all, all the fun hokey stuff there, whether, whether, uh, Justin Bieber was going to take Mitch Marner, you know, all the storylines that came from it. But the one thing I don't know if you guys noticed, uh, I, I sure as, sure as hell didn't until I, I started watching some of the playback on, on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, was Nikita Kucherov and his effort in not only the, not only the skills competition, but I felt like even the game as well. I just, he seemed like he just did not give a shit. And I don't know if you guys felt the same, but like, it looked like he was almost hammered when he was in the skills competition. Do you guys get the same feeling or, or was I just making things up? Well, I mean, honestly, I, I don't think you're really making things up. It's a, it's, it was a pretty tough look. And I, I mean, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say he was hammered. Like it would, I, he may have, I, I don't know. I like, he may have, or he may have just been acting like he just couldn't, couldn't give less of a shit either way. You know, I, 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 he, I think that he was totally embracing the villain role all weekend. I mean, he knows mm-hmm. that, you know, Toronto and Tampa's history, he's not exactly a fan favorite in that building. And um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I did like how, you know, during the, um, uh, the, the, the first set of the game, I think it was like he was on team McKinnon against McDavid and they, uh, or was he on, was he on team McKinnon or was that, it was it in the game against team Matthews where he, uh, he stepped up in the shootout and he was like encouraging the booze and then he got stopped. I can't remember what team oh. he was on. I'm blanking. <laughs> I have to go back and check on that. Whoops. Anyways, uh, I thought that was kind of cool, but yeah, I don't know the effort in the, the effort in the skills competition. I mean, like, man, you know, the, the, the skills competition has long been for, for children and for kids. Like just show up and act like you give a shit, like give, 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 
show an ounce of ounce of emotion and um, an ounce of pa- not even an ounce of passion man like nobody gives a shit that everyone knows that the all-star games and the skills competition is a big joke everyone's just there to have fun but when you act like you don't want to be there when you act like you're 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 when you act like that you're 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 setting a bad look that's that's really all there is to say about it um i don't know i, I just think that you're going to you're going to go to a competition like that and there's all these kids watching and everyone's there to have a good time and you're it kind of brings the mood of the room down a little bit when you're when you're acting like that. So yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that was pretty shitty. It was like watching a Pierre Luc Dubois shift in real time. Yeah, I, was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I felt the same way. I felt like so. There's there's playing the villain, which you know, obviously with being Tampa and it being in Toronto, it, you know, there is that aspect of it. But there was David Pasternak who played the villain, and you know, kissing the logo, the Bruins logo on his jersey, and proud to be a Bruin. He was, was having fun with it, and that's 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 playing the villain what kucherov was doing it just like it honestly took any legitimacy of of a a real good all-star experience away like that's why i'm like you know what they got to find a way to just make it competitive again where like get this guy like get people like that out of it you don't want to be there just don't go like take the one game suspension and don't be there like you said alex it's for the kids for him to come out and act like a like an absolute, like he looked like a fucking idiot in that, in that mm-hmm. skills competition, that passing drill. He looked like a fucking idiot. He looked like an amateur. We're going to get into Keith's peewee stuff in a little bit here, but he, he looked like he was like 15 years old playing Timbit fucking hockey. Not Completely disinterested. Yeah. He just didn't look yeah. interested. And, and Peter, I, like, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but I, I was just, I wasn't impressed with it. Yeah, even if you are, like you said about Pasta, even if you are embracing the villain role, this is a thing to have fun with. And he was on Team Hughes, by the way, when he scored that first goal, which is why they went into the shootout. Um, but you know what? I'm glad he got jeered because, you know, if he wants to have that kind of a mentality going into something that's supposed to be fun, because everybody else is having fun. I don't know about you guys, but it seemed like everybody else was trying their hardest and he was just out there doing his own thing. I don't know if it is because of the whole Toronto thing, but even so... Who gives a shit at that point, right? You were selected based on your performance. You're basically one, what are first or second in the league behind McKinnon in points. Wouldn't you want to have fun with this? And one question I'm going to say is, would he have done this if it was anywhere else? Would he have done it if it was you, like in you New York being in or Tampa? Boston? In Tampa, could you imagine him being Tampa and yeah. him acting like that? Like that would that would yeah. be a fucking embarrassment for, from the NHL standpoint. Forget the Tampa Bay Lightning. That would have been an yeah. embarrassment from the NHL standpoint. So, yeah, I, I, I think I think he may have done it because it was Toronto. Yeah, I, well, maybe the, I don't know. I'm probably just spitballing here because of the way that he performed and the way that he just really didn't care at all. But if he were, if he had and put the effort and forth, like I said, in Tampa, in Boston, New York, Seattle, even Vegas, where have you, wherever the All Star Game would be. W- would that even be a topic of conversation now kind of thing? Yeah. And, and, and Alex, jumping back to why I said he looked hammered was because, you know, I, I you guys all remember his post Stanley cup. Oh yeah. With, yeah, yeah. You know, Budweiser or whatever the hell it was and 18 million over the cap and how shit faced he was then. It just like the look on his face when he, gave a smile to the camera he just looked like he was fucking half in the bag and yeah i'm gonna so i'll be honest i didn't actually watch the skills competition i just saw the video of him skating around uh that was the one part of the all-star game i missed which kind of sucks because i think it was the best part of all from what i heard but anyways um yeah that's uh i'm sure if i went back and watched it and saw the you know the whole thing in real time and the whole thing and kind of like before and after as well i'm sure i'd be able to see it 
Yeah, we should uh, we should get one of those Tampa shows from the Hockey Podcast Network on here, and we can talk about Kucherov for a little bit. But that's besides the point. We're going to jump over to something else real quick here. Um, being in London, guys, obviously we talk on this uh, this subject quite a bit. The NHL teams that have players involved with the London um, sexual assault investigation will get cap relief. Uh, so players like Carter Hart, players like Michael McLeod, players like yada, 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 they're all going to get cap relief uh, because obviously some of these players are making big bucks and on contract uh, for, for a fair amount of time. Um, still, the investigation is um, kind of ongoing. Um, I believe they're due next in court in April. So we'll, I'm sure we'll be touching on that in come April. Not more, not much more has come out aside from the London police apologizing to the victim saying that, you know, um, they apologize for, for the time that it took to, to actually go down the right Avenue here. And um, I don't know if you guys saw Rick West said he did reach out to, I guess our version of internal affairs to see if there's been any investigation into the way that it was handled and they refuse to respond or, or comment on the issue. I'm not sure why it's a secret uh, at this point. It's, you know, everyone knows you fucked up. It's time to time, time to answer the bell, but we won't get deep into that. I want to jump right into the leaf talk boys. Um, National post. And, and this is a bit, this is a big conversation right now, especially with the trade deadline coming up. National post released an article. Um, I, I'd have to look up the author or the, or the uh, scribe, um, I apologize. I don't know who was off the top of my head, but they uh, spoke on John Tavares right now is in a, uh, a back and forth with the CRA in terms of tax owed um, from his signing bonus when he first signed with Toronto. In fact, it's $8 million of tax owed to the CRA. He's obviously um, tried to tried to fight that uh, with his lawyers involved. There's been no response on that. There's, there's appeal pending. Um, but the conversation now is how does that affect big stars coming to Toronto? Alex, we'll get your thoughts first. Oh, dude, honestly, I've got such a child's brain for stuff like this. I'm probably <laughs> not the guy to ask, but, um, essentially, you know, I would have to, when you think about it, so, so cities like Florida, Tampa, all that, they're, they're tax free. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, they're tax free. So they don't have to pay the same as, as teams in Canada. Right. When you're, Canada. when you're in Canada, not only do you have the Canadian dollar that affects your, your overall contract, you also have, you're getting taxed up the Wahoo, especially in Ontario. Alberta is another story, obviously. Um, but you know, a uh, tax to a point where it's supposed to be 15%. He's being taxed 38%. It's kind of, you know, essentially, yeah. essentially athletes and artists and, um, musicians and all that shit, they have kind of like this, they have this exempt where it's like a lower tax for them because of the amount that they're probably making when they come to Ontario. Right. So it just, yeah, it, so it's talking about the whole effect of, of big stars signing big contracts with teams, not only the NHL, but let's say the Jays, for example, as well. Yeah. So I, I did get the, 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 the first part of that. Like I, I know the dispute that he's in, I just, I would have to imagine for something like this, that, players have lawyers and they have financial advisors who are smarter than the common folk when it comes to stuff like this, yeah. like you can help us. navigate yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, precisely. Right. You can say it, like, the three of us, not even just the three of us, just like anyone in general that talks about, Oh, he's not going to sign here because of the Canadian taxes. Like people were saying that about Matthews when he was in his negotiations, like, Oh, you know, he wouldn't have to pay taxes if he was, if he signed with Tampa or if he signed with LA or, Maybe LA is not the best example, but either way, um, 
like I feel like that I, I don't think it's ever gonna get to a point where it's really a huge issue. I don't think that you know in in 2024 with all the the information we have access to and all of the all the people that players like that have access to i can't imagine there's going to be a scenario when they're like yep you are going to be losing this amount of money and there's no way we can get around it uh so you might as well sign with a you know you're you might just might as well sign with the southern team unless you want to take that hit so i don't think that it's going to be a huge issue but again i am not the guy to ask about that it could very well be a big issue and i wouldn't be shocked at all i don't have i don't <laughs> I don't, I don't really trust my own opinion on this, to be honest. But that's just kind of the way I see it from my perspective. That's fair. That's fair. Peter, what are you My meaningless on? child perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, this is why I don't do my own taxes. This is why I didn't go to finance school or business school or what have you, because this is just way above what I do. Um, but yeah, you know, in terms of like the whole situation, I mean, if it is supposed to be at a fixed rate and they're trying to gouge him or get a little bit more on top of that, I mean, this is like, this is something that like happened in 2018. It probably should have been resolved. I don't know why. I don't even know how they managed to get the records right now anyways of his tax returns and anything. Number one. Hold on. Number you're talking about the CRA. If you've that, ever filed your yeah. taxes, it takes them forever to fucking get back to you in the first place. Yeah, it does. But, like, I don't even know, one, how you got, like, John Tavares' tax records on top of this. Like, that just seems a little bit off. And number two, it's like, I, I read some of the comments on there that are like, oh, you know, whatever, not a good look for, for Toronto and Tavares and everything like that. I'm like, man, you really think John Tavares is going to try and, like, weasel his way around, like, paying taxes and stuff like that? Like, come on. Like, I, I, I like I understand this is a bit of an issue. Like, I know he's trying to battle it and there, it will get resolved at some point. But I think people are maybe blowing it out of proportion as more than what it should be because he's not that kind of guy that, like, evade anything or mm -hmm. put wrong info down or something like that. I, I, I Again, I don't know how, how this stuff whole, how this whole works. But, yeah, uh, uh, how they got his information, it just seems kind of a little bit weird, too. I'm going to say this. So, like... As Alex, as Peter pointed out, obviously we're the average Joes. I'm an English major. I know fuck all about math, so I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> I graduated from Niagara College just broadcasting. Program, yeah, yeah, yeah. Journalism, studies. journalism major, major. Anyways, what I will say is the the big leagues like the MLS, like the NHL, like whatever, the, the NBA, the MLB, they need to figure out a way to make an even playing field. And that... Mm -hmm. Uh, they've tried to do that by paying contracts out in U.S. dollars. Unfortunately, that does affect Canadian teams, regardless of how you how you put it. They need to figure out the tax thing next, because no matter what you do, and you're going to get players like Tavares who want to come home regardless and want to play at home regardless. Yeah. So you, you are going to still get players. Toronto. Let's let's be honest. Team, there's there's players in the league that will always want to play in cities like Toronto. So. You know, we just had somebody, we just had a, a, a big name, let's say, well, let's call it a big name free agent sign with the Blue Jays. And his big, his big quote at the end was, I want to play for the, the only team in the entire nation. So you've got a nation behind your back yeah. when you're playing for the Jays. You know, that's the same, a lot more incentive than anything. Yeah. Justin Turner, Justin Turner, you know, he had a lot to say about coming to the Jays. But at the same time, when you're, when you're John Tavares and you're coming home to Toronto and that's the big storyline. There's always going to be players that want to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Your story franchise. It's not gonna. It's not gonna change that. It is gonna make them rethink when you're, you know, you're being 
dummied for $8 million of your $15 million signing bonus. And yeah. that was part of the reason you signed here and not San Jose or Dallas. But mm-hmm. anyways, we're, that's besides the point. The point is it, the conversation needs to be had in finding a way to change that and adapt it so that Canadian teams aren't affected in the same sense as like, you know, somebody, there's a reason why, you know, uh, to Chuck left Calgary and went down to Florida where there's no state taxes. Um, it's when, when Joe Newendike and, and, uh, and Gary Roberts were playing for Toronto and they left to go to their retirement homes in Florida and play a year in Florida. There's a reason why that happened. It was, Hey, let's make that final contract tax free. And, you know, boom, there, there it is. Right. And then we're at home with the old folks home in, uh, in Florida, palm, you know, palm trees, old resort and lots of golf. Right. That there's, there's a reason for all that. They've got to find a way to simplify it so that it's not affecting teams differently because then your your cap goes out the window when there's no equality within the league right so i think that's that's where the conversation needs to be had again i'm an english major i don't know i don't fuck all about taxes i file my taxes (laughs) that's about it um aside from that i know the cra is a pain in the ass to deal with nine times out of ten so i'm sure i'm sure the appeal is going to go through like alex said they've got people on their side Tavares has people on their on his side that are going to deal with that know this kind of crap, but that's besides the point. It needs to get dealt with from a league standpoint so that it creates that equality. Um, anyways, we talked about the All Star Game as a whole. Peter, you're the guy in, like within Toronto. You're working right downtown. Tell us what the hype was like in Toronto. We want to know, you know, you're our inside man. You're our, you're your feet on the ground. What was it like in Toronto this past weekend? Pandemonium. I mean, it, it was hectic. Like you could get a sense of the sit, like the city was a buzz. Uh, can't remember the last time it was like this. Maybe when the Raptors won the championship, but even then, that was on a whole nother level for like the first championship in Toronto and God knows how long. To have like, like not even just like like people living in Toronto, but fans from outside the city, from different markets, different teams coming in, seeing them, seeing what the, or hearing about their travels or story and everything like that. It was really interesting to get to know everybody and talk talk hockey. This was basically one time where you could put a rivalry aside and just be like, oh yeah, you know, we're all just here to have fun, take in the city, enjoy the moment and everything like that. It was absolutely phenomenal because there were so many events going downtown, so many people trying to plan their visits. Where's this? Where's that? And doing my best to help them out too, because the city myself has changed at, like when I've like pre pandemic kind of thing as well. So I'm still trying to get my bearings straight in Toronto, but you know, it was absolutely fantastic. You know, obviously the main focus like like we said the main focus was on the kids there were a lot of kids that were excited to see everybody i was seeing like signed jerseys everything like that hats like the kids were soaking it up as well you know average fans you name it. It, it, it it was something that you know that this city needed and it's been a long time since something like this happened like a massive nhl event happened and it was great to see that definitely 2000, the last time the Leafs hosted the NHL All-Star Game, we had Matt Sundin. Cujo, I believe, was on that team. There was a lot of, yeah, so there was a lot, of, uh, a lot of talk back then. But big news out of the All-Star Weekend was Team Matthews, Team Beaver, whatever you want to call it. They, they 
won the game. They won the tournament. And uh, ultimately, Austin Matthews won MVP. Alex, your thoughts on that? Yeah, honestly, all of it great. But my takeaway from the weekend was that great video that he shot uh, with CCM with his mm-hmm. with his buddy Finn. Yeah, mm-hmm. getting him uh, getting those skates that Best he designed and wearing them. Yeah, you know, it, it just it really re- I'm going to take this in a different direction totally. And, and I love it. Your, I love it. Mm-hmm. Your question, but honestly, like I think it just goes to show how great of an ambassador he is, and it's just so good that they were able to get him locked up for another four years after this year and say what you want about, Oh, he didn't sign long-term, whatever. He's just trying to make as much money as possible. It's like, you know, a couple things can be true. He can be looking after himself and he can also be a great ambassador for the city of Toronto. And I think he's been that since he's been in Toronto, you know, obviously the friendship with Bieber is a marketing ploy on its own. And uh, to just see him go out to the community and, and and do things like this. And I did see a tweet from someone saying that I think he said his mom's friend worked at sick kids and um, sorry, I just got distracted by the uh, comment. We the just comment section. Oh my God. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Um, just to get, if you're watching right now, <laughs> Sorry, Adian. I, I don't. I, I don't know if this is exactly the source we're going to be after for uh, for 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 our shroom take yeah. here, but uh, I do appreciate you chiming in on the discussion. If anybody's looking for microdoses, there yeah. you go. That's what you'll find in the sticks in the six comment section. We're not promoting it. We are no, not no, no. promoting no. it. No, no, no. This nope. is just a place where you can find them. We were just we, we share a platform. That's all. Anyways, <laughs> thanks for thanks for the take, Adian. But don't think that's uh, going to happen. Uh, anyway, <laughs> want to sponsor the show? <laughs> No free ads. <laughs> the, take is the, 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 the catch is that you have to do the ad read while you're tripping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have to you have to do it on your own time though. We have to put it in put it in after the fact. Oh, um, but yeah, you know, I just he's he's a great ambassador for the city. Um, he's great with the fans. He's and I, I did see this tweet like I was about to say before that popped up and just completely threw my train of thought off track. Um, I did see a tweet of someone saying their mom's friend, I think it was, worked at Sick Kids, and Matthews does like an abundance of work over there. Like, like not just when the cameras are on. Like he's he's over there all the time, making a difference and making some kids some kids' lives happier. So, uh, just just great to see him involved there. And then obviously, you know, him being the star of the show on the ice helps as well. Peter, your thoughts on Matthews MVP, Team Matthews winning, Team Bieber and his beautiful coat behind the bench. What are your thoughts on all that, buddy? Oh my God, burnt that coat. Jeez. I'm probably one of the few that really didn't like it, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Alex touched upon everything with Matthews. Like, you could tell how much he like loves the city as well. He was saying, you know, he, he he's glad that the city embraced it. The fans enjoyed it. That was what they wanted to do. That was the main thing about this whole entire thing. Actually, putting on a spectacle and a show for sometime that even in other markets it was not that great and fans probably didn't have the best experience that they wanted this was it um yeah you know you want that major figure in the community to do a lot of prominent stuff and matthews is doing just that i mean again like alex said he went in a different direction with the video that was absolutely phenomenal of what he was able to do and especially it hits home for him because of his uncle and uh, I believe it was cystic fibrosis, right? Yeah. 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 So it, it really hits home for Matthew too, and how he's able to do this and, you know, give the kid a chance of a lifetime to like customize his own blades. Like that's absolutely phenomenal to have that interaction and be that figure that kids can look up to. I mean, 
you know, it, it, it's great that there was this moment. And obviously, I, I, I you know, we, we, all, we also saw that Sick Kids video with uh, Ryan Reynolds and everything like that. And then Austin Matthews shows up and then he gets yelled at. They wanted Michael Buble. And then they, it was, it, 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 it's stuff like that where, you know, whether it, it's in a serious tone or even like in a lighthearted way, just like that video with Ryan Reynolds, Matthews is going to be a part of it no matter what, because it's all for the greater good. That's all that matters at this point. And for him to do that, for him to be a part of the city still, I mean, it, 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 it kind of feels like everyone's so good to say, oh, at the end of his contract, oh, watch him walk, jump ship again. I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I, I, I think that this is a guy that's going to stay here for the, for as long as it takes to win a championship because you can see how invested he is in the city and how he wants to be a big, a big part of the future. Yeah, no, and you know what? I'm going to skip right over the MVP too. I think it's great uh, to be an all-star MVP. At the end of the day, it means absolutely nothing. Um, what, what does mean something is Alex, I'm glad you brought up that tweet. I saw that tweet as well. And you know, that all this kind of stuff hit, hits home for me as well. I was a, I was a patient at sick kids when I was younger. Um, and it's, it's a scary thing going through a lot of that stuff being there, you know, obviously you got your parents there, but to have that little bit of interaction with some people that you look up to, um, is truly amazing. As you guys know, both my kids were in the hospital as well. They weren't in sick kids, but they were here in uh, here in London at uh, the Children's Hospital. Um, you know, to have that kind of stuff and and have people that go to their way and that that tweet was was and I I really I really you know I hope it's true I assume it's true, but he does more than what you see on camera. Like he mm-hmm. goes there on his on his off days and he spends time with these kids and he's obviously built a relationship. You can see that with with Finn and. And that's not something that's built over, you know, a two-day period of recording a video. That's that's something where this guy's gone and he spent time with this kid, and it's obviously changed this kid's life and uh, for the better. So um, I think that's 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 the real MVP right there is is, is going and, and doing these kind of things for the kids and and being at sick kids. And you're in a city where you have one of the greatest kids' hospitals in the world um, to be able to to be a part of that and to be able to, you know use your stardom to, to, you know, just make somebody's day is, is, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it goes beyond words, man. Like I, I can't even explain to you guys what it would mean to, to, to those kids in that, in that room to have somebody like that pop in and just, just say hello, say what's up and to, to go and get to design his skates for the all-star game. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's something beyond, beyond explanation. I don't, I don't think any of us can put it into words. So, that's the real MVP. That's why Matthews needs to stay in Toronto. And I think he's he's really lived up to that ambassador, that community ambassador that that Toronto needs. And he, he's a leader on and off the ice. I think that's that, you know, when when JT steps away, if you know, if the taxes take him to Florida, <laughs> um, you know, you gotta look at Matthews and say that this guy deserves to 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 wear the seed and be a long-standing legend for this uh for this franchise. So I, I, I'm, I'm glad you guys took it in that route. I'm glad we didn't kind of dwell on this MV, MVP all-star game bullshit, but the fact that, you know, outside in the community, this guy's making a difference as well. So I think that's, that's key. Um, let's talk a little bit about Simon Benoit, Simone Benoit. Um, obviously, man, this guy has, I come in and and I'll I'll be honest. I wrote an article not too long ago where I said you know William Lagason should be 
should be the one that's in the lineup and Benoit out. And I have since changed my mind and he changed my mind really quickly. I think it was within two games of me writing that, that he, you know, I was like, Legas and who? Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, you know, he's come in here. He's made a difference physically. He's standing up for himself. He's standing up for his teammates. Peter, what are your thoughts on Simone Benoit? I know you got something in the works possibly at the Hockey Raiders. Yeah, it actually just came to me. And this is right after, you know, he had that uh, interview with Luke Gazdick, um from Sportsnet where he was talking about like, you know, having this like tough mentality with players like Maple Leaf fans being or respecting players that follow in that line of Tucker, Domi, Corson and all those. And, you know, this is after Benoit's having that tough mentality where he was physical against, you know, the Winnipeg Jets standing up for his teammates and everything like that. And then he goes on to say that's, that's his game. He wants to be tough to play against. He wants to be that factor on the ice. And number two, there was that game where he got the belt where he's just like, man, I may not be able to score goals, but I could punch faces. Then there was that game against the New York Islanders where he just flattens Matt Barzell, kind of changed the tide because they got a power play out of it. And he fought Matt, um, Bo Horvat and then Mitch Marner scored on that power play right after. You know, this is a guy that's making a significant impact where he was probably penciled in as a seventh, eighth defenseman at the start of this season. And now with all the injuries and uh, like issues in the lineup defensively, there is one guy on the back end that you could rely on in, within your own end and not have to worry about like, you know, defensive laps, turnover, anything like that. He plays it smart. That's what you want to do. He simplifies his game. And because of that, it's a reason why he's grown to kind of be a fan favorite right now, even though that detention is still on the stars. But in terms of underrated impact and players, everyone's loving the way that Sam uh, Benoit has been playing right now. And, you know, Obviously, preseason didn't look that great. He probably was dealing with something as well. But when he got called up, he made it a point that he was not coming out of that lineup, and he's showing that right now. Yeah, absolutely. Alex, uh, your thoughts on his play so far and you know how he's maintained his spot in the lineup? Is this a guy that maybe they signed beyond this season? I would hope so. I mean, I think he's had a I think he's had a great season. And, you know, I wrote an article myself a while back talking uh just kind of shining light on the fact that Benoit really called his shot. Like in the off season, you know, he was, I think, I think he started the season like ninth on the leaf step chart or something like that. And, you know, he, he talked to Sportsnet and he did an interview, I think with Luke Fox. And he was like, yeah, I know that the odds are going to be against me, but it is what it is. It's on me to go and get my spot. And I I think I'm going to do it. And he goes out and he does it. Now he's at a point Mm -hmm. where he's being played in the top four. And it looks, if if the Leafs took him out of the lineup at this point, they'd be, they'd be hurting defensively. So, You know, it's just, it's so true uh, what, what Gazdick said in that interview. And, you know, Toronto just loves their blue collar guys. Toronto loves like they, they, you know, we, they love their stars. They love the, they, they love the skill and they appreciate the skill of guys like Matthews and Marner and Nylander. But w- w- the real way that you can win over a Leafs fan, a blue collar Leafs fan is just by going out and playing lunch pail hockey, just going out giving your best effort every night. It doesn't matter if you score goals or not. Like if you go out there and look like you give a shit and you go out there and throw the body and go out there and act like you're proud to have that leaf on your chest, you're going to be a fan favorite in no time. And I think we're seeing that with Benoit. There's a reason why guys like Ty Domi, Gary Roberts, Darcy Tucker are looked back on so fondly with this franchise. I mean, guys love their blue collar players. It's Mm -hmm. almost like they're relatable to the common folk in a way, right? Like they're not out there. They're not out there playing for money. They're not out there, you know, 
trying to make highlight reels. They're just out there privileged for what they're able to do and going out and doing a job. And uh, Simone Benoit embodies that perfectly. You know, it's funny because every just about every signing of True Living's this offseason has looked bad so far. But, I mean, Simone Benoit, I think, alone makes up for a couple of those because he's been, you know, what a real nice find that's been. I'm just going to yeah. throw out some quick stats, too. I mean, I, I, I don't know how everyone is invested with expected goals for, but when he's on the ice at five on five, they have a 54 the, the team has a 54 expected goals for 53 scoring chances for percentage and 52 high danger chances percentage. So it may not seem like a lot, but he's definitely looking like he's having an impact no matter what. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me throw a couple stats at you as well. So um, 34 games so far, one goal and empty netter, one assist, only two points, but he's a plus one 33 penalty minutes. He's averaging just under 16 minutes a game. And on top of that, in 34 games, he leads the team in hits with 95. And he is, I believe, second in block shots. Sorry, he's getting up there with block shots. So he's he's seventh in block shots with 52. We saw a big one against the Islanders the other night. This is definitely a guy who called a shot. He's, uh, you know, in the offseason, he came from Anaheim. He said, Anaheim, the Ducks are going to regret it. Um, and he's fighting for a contract. He's this, this guy might go one year, one year, one year. He might be a guy that's a one-year contract throughout his career, which is great for him because he's going to fight for his contract every single time around. And, you know, he's done exactly that with the Leafs so far. This is the type of defenseman you want to see in the playoffs. This is the type of defenseman op- oppositions don't want to see in the playoffs. And I think if the Leafs get there, if the Leafs get there, big if, if because we're not going to call – we're not going to call our shot yet – but Not if yet. the Leafs get there, um, you know, he's going to have a big, big impact on, on this team and especially against other rugged teams like the Florida Panthers. And that's exactly what the Leafs needed last year and didn't get. So I think it's huge what he's done. I think it's, um, um, you know, it's it's somebody that they need. And uh, I, I think, you know, he's got to continue to do what he's doing and just and just bring the physicality every night, including tonight against the Dallas Stars, as we're recording here on Wednesday night. Um Speaking of calling your shot, what better way to call your shot than to put a little money on DraftKings Sportsbook and with the Super (laughs) Bowl this weekend, looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. And I'm just going to quickly pull up a few of the lines here. There are, believe it or not, guys, on DraftKings Sportsbook, there's there's lines called the Swifties for Swifties. So <laughs> for anybody looking to get on here, um, go to the Swifty uh, Swifty bets. I'm just gonna pull them up here for you, Swifty fans. Um, anyways, there's the anti-hero. Uh, the anti-hero uh, is Brock Purdy. It pays. Um, what does it pay here? Anyways, I'll find it later. But it's Brock Purdy. 200 yards and two touchdowns doesn't need to win the game, but he would be the anti-hero. It pays, I believe, plus 300. There's also one that uh, is um, even, it's not the blank space, but there's another one that for the Swifty fans is Brock Purdy for 300 yards, three touchdowns and the 49ers to win. I don't know what you guys are putting your money on, but I'm putting it on Kansas city. It just seems fitting. Um, I know there's some other sports books that have, 
whether or not Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift will be engaged at the end of the game. But forget all that fun stuff. Make sure you jump on DraftKings Sportsbook and get your money going. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Anyways, boys, um, big game for them. Big game for the Leafs tonight uh, against the Dallas Stars. It's It's a tough opposition. Um, the Leafs have not fared well recently against some of the tougher opposition. Um, that said, as you guys noted in my last little uh, tangent there is, if the Leafs make the playoffs, we talked about Benoit. I want to talk to you guys about Timothy Lilligren real quick. With guys like Benoit coming into the lineup and having an influence physically and having an influence, you know, just in the all-around play of the team, what are your thoughts on Timothy Lilligren? Where is he going from here, Peter? Let's start to you first. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like when he came back from injury, he he looked good for like a game or two or like a good stretch, but then the mistakes started to come. And it just seems like these are simple mistakes that he really should learn to not make. And, you know, Keith even pointed out to, I I believe Lilligram was on the ice when, you know, that penalty happened at the end of the or that goal happened at the end of the penalty breakaway goal um i i i'm really starting to wonder if you know you don't want to give up on him just yet but he's starting like he is a little bit older right now at one point is he going to take that big step and break out we're still waiting for that and i've been a big fan of his and hoping that he would at some point just not seeing it right now and i wonder if you know, yeah, we with Justin Hall out, we thought this year would have been a big opportunity for him to try and steal a spot. Really hasn't done that. Um, wondering if at this point now, if they maybe try and shop him. Like he, like he has 172 games. Not a lot, but, you know, it's still a good amount for him in this league where maybe he's got to try and figure it out very quickly. Otherwise, you know, how much, how much more leeway is he going to have to try and show – Keith and the coaching staff that you know he deserves more opportunities and minutes and it looked like that again it looked like that early on but lately it just hasn't been there and he hasn't been clicking in regards to his decision making awareness and everything like that so um we really hope he could find his footing soon so that way they won't have to move him and give up on him as like sooner rather than later because I I at what point, again, like I said, you, you're expecting to break out. At what point does that happen? He's running out of time to do so. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Peter or Alex, your thoughts on uh, 
what Lilligren's done lately and, and where, where do we see his game going from here? You know, it's tough because I feel like I'm probably going to be one of the last people standing on the Lilligren Hill. I, I really think that that top four defenseman potential is in there, man. I just, mm-hmm. it, 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 but at the same time, it's getting harder to harder to justify, you know, this year after year when he hasn't taken that next step yet. What I will say is that I don't think that the Keith is doing the Leafs or him any favors by putting him on the third pairing with Giordano. And yeah. I got to, I got to be totally honest. Like, sorry. Um, I got to be completely real as much as I love the guy. And as much as I'll forever respect him for taking that hometown discount to come home. Gio's just at a point right now where he, he, he drags down whatever person he plays with. And it's it's not always a huge it's not always like you know that obvious like it's not always like a, like a huge issue that needs to be solved like he's I'm not saying he looks like that all the time but you know you take Lilligren off the second pair after he makes a mistake and you put him alongside a guy who's who's really he's operating on his last legs right now it's just I don't think that does anybody any favors I think mm-hmm. that the Leafs unfortunately the way that the team is right now you know I know that they can't really they can't really be making these mistakes and stuff. But the sad part is you have to let him make these mistakes to grow as a player. You have to let him play on the top pair, not on the top pair necessarily. But you have to let him play on the on the second pairing, and just like kind of like go through the go through the trials like like a normal defenseman does. Like like every rookie defenseman that ends up being a good top four guy gets thrown into the thrown to the wolves at some point. I think you need to see that with Lilligren because. Putting him on the la- on the bottom pairing, yeah, it worked when Geo first got here, and he was like a sturdy vet, and Lilligren was still kind of a rookie making mistakes here and there, like that. At that point, it re- worked out really nicely. At this point, you've got Lily who's on the cusp of taking that next step, and you've got Geo who's on the cusp of retirement, and the pairing just doesn't work anymore. So they got to stop playing him there. Otherwise, I think, uh, I think even beyond that, we're look kind of looking at things running out of time a little bit, but still, I, I really, really want Lilligran to figure it out here because I think that he's capable of doing it. Alex, this is me taking you out of my head for stealing all my thoughts all the time, but um, <laughs> no, I, I think I'm going to stand on that hill with you. Uh, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm not one to give up on my players easily. You'll, you'll see that in my fantasy team and probably why I finished last all the time. And by the way, my friend Ziggy be some shrimp. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Aside, like I, I just, I just feel like this is a guy that excels when he's got ice time. He's, he's a guy that, you know, he's going to make those mistakes, like you said, but he's also going to learn from those mistakes. You can't make those mistakes when you're on the third pairing. You're not playing the toughest competition, and he needs to play against the toughest competition. Um, we, we've, we've seen glimmers of hope from this kid, and that there's a reason why they traded Rasmus Sandin and kept Lilligren, and it was because they saw glimmers of hope with this kid. He has everything to make, you know, make himself into. We were talking about whether this guy should be a power play quarterback at, at one point. I, I think it was last season or or the beginning of this season. He has the shot. He has the 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 he has the on ice IQ. Like he just sees the game so well. Um, you paid Morgan Riley money to stay in Toronto to be your guy on the back end. Why would you not? pair Timothy Lilligren with him every once in a while to give him the opportunity to learn from what you believe is your franchise defenseman. Um, it just, it, it doesn't make sense to me either. I, I think, I think you need to get him up there. You need to get him some ice time and, and maybe let somebody else fall back that can make up for the mistakes of 
uh, Mark Giordano. And right now that's not Timothy Lilligren. He's not playing with confidence. If you have two guys, one guy who's, you know, on the back nine of his career and one guy who's not playing with confidence on the same pairing, you're asking for disaster. You need to, you need to pair them properly. And um, I think this goes down with, with one of the biggest mistakes of, of Keith's career as a coach behind the, the Leafs bench, along with playing Kerfoot relentlessly and playing all, you know, fucking Justin Hall relentlessly. Like <laughs> this is, this is up there as one of the, the worst decisions Sheldon Keefe has ever made and probably will ever make as a Leafs coach, assuming the Leafs, you know, don't do anything under him. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, you know, Lilligren right now, you know, he's not a nine point guy. He's not a two goal defenseman. He's, he's a guy that should be eating up 22 minutes of ice time rather than 19 and a guy that should be putting up points. I mean, that's, that's what he was doing over in Sweden. There's no reason why he can't do it in the NHL as well. So um, yeah, I think we need to see more of, of Lilligren and, and I'm, I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I just, I, I just think he has so much more to offer to this team. Um, and I just want to add one more thing too. Let's not forget Sheldon Keith coached him in the minors too, in the AHL. Um, so like, where's this disconnect happening where, you know, you gave him opportunities when he was with Rasmus Sandin, gave them top minutes. Why aren't you doing the same at the NHL level? Like I understand, I, I understand like he is making mistakes, but you got to give that opportunity. You got to give him that chance. Like you're willing to give Sammy that second chance opportunity to come back and perform well, which he has. Why aren't you doing the same with one of your younger defensemen that you want and want to push to take that next step? Agreed. Absolutely agreed. A hundred percent. You know, there, there, there has to be that kind of communication with him. and Hey buddy, we're going to put you up here, but you need to learn from your mistakes. Open communication. At the end of the day, it's a relationship. We've all had them. We've all been in them. Best thing you can have in a relationship is communication. And this is, this is a relationship, albeit between um, a team. Yeah. These are all just spam at this point. <laughs> Sorry, Olivia. Not, not feeling it. Get my edibles from somewhere oh, else. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We're really appealing to our audience tonight, boys. <laughs> Michael Bublé is po- posting these with his spam accounts, yeah. isn't he? That he is. It has to be. Oh my God. Anyways, um, guys, we're talking about Sheldon Keefe. He had he had a lot to say about the Leafs' effort against the uh, New York Islanders and and the first goal for who was it Kyle McLean and I felt like guys in the Die Hard movie Kyle McLean. I just kept thinking of like uh, Die Hard when when he scored that goal. But um, anyways, he got his first NHL goal on a breakaway coming out of the box, and Sheldon Keefe called it a peewee effort. Peter, was it a peewee effort by the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, because you are now in the National Hockey League. At what point do you just let the team off the hook and say that, you know what? Yeah, you keep making mistakes. At what point are you going to learn from those mistakes? This team has been consistently inconsistent all season long, and we've seen plays like this happen all the time with all band rushes, breakaways, and everything like that. At what point is it going to set in with this team that you cannot do that? You need to win games. That is not how you win a game. That You don't let Pierre Engvall walk in and just gift him that opportunity for that game-winning goal. Like That was just bad effort whatsoever. Um, to say that, you need to be on top of things. You need to be more aware. And that's the thing where you know, it goes back. 
listen, I know, I know everyone has their issues with Keith with the coaching decisions and everything like that. And he needs to do more, but this goes back to him saying that who can I trust at this point? What happens with that trust factor? Like who can he rely on in those situations? It's really tough when like, I, I do agree that he needs to do a little bit more, but if, if your defense and your teams are making the same mistakes over and over again, you got to start sending a stronger message than just even like quotes like that. You got to let them know, like you, like if you need to start betting people like you did with John Tavares, that one game against uh, Colorado in that third period, you got to send a message. No one's off the hook. You got to hold them accountable and push them to their limit at this point. Alex from Timbits to Peewee to the NHL and back to Peewee, the Leafs. Are we seeing a peewee effort from this team so far this season? And, you know, is it something that we're get, kind of getting used to at this point? <laughs> Dude, I'm used to everything that the Leafs do at this point. I just, I, I've, I, uh, it's funny because with the way that past seasons have gone, this year should be driving me insane because the 2019-20 drove, season drove me insane. And that year reminds me a lot of what we're seeing right now. Just a lot of missing piece. Just something is off with the team. Like it's, they just haven't been able to click at any point. And not that it really matters because it's, you know, we've seen the Leafs click in the regular season and not deliver in the playoffs. So it's not like anything really matters until then anyways, but I'm just, I'm just so used to, I'm so used to everything, man. Like I'm used to seeing efforts like that. I'm used to seeing rookie mistakes made like that. It's it really like from a fan perspective, it doesn't really bother me anymore. I know it's, I know it needs to be fixed, but I just, I can't, I don't have an enemy to get mad. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, this part of, part of being Leafs nation guys is we just get so used to the, the BS that we get from this team. Um, you know, and, and that's why I said the, if the Leafs make the playoffs, I, I I'm almost sure the Leafs are going to make the playoffs. It's just more of a, if this is the continued effort we see all season, that's that's kind of where we're going to be at. But Peter, last thing before we close it out, um, second half of the season, to get it done, to, to get some more consistency, what do we need to see from this team, from this management team? What do we need to see for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Not making the, the same mistakes like you have to this point. Simple as that. Like you, There's been constant instances in every single game even in January before the all-star break early in the season, they should know how to play. They should know how to be aware of your surroundings. They know they can't leave people on or players unattended in front of their own net behind them leading to an odd man rush. But like you, you, you got to turn this thing around. Like I I've written that this is all on them right now to prove the management that they are worth going for a deep run, but they haven't shown it. And if they want to, they're going to have to do it on their own and get themselves out of this mess without any additional help from the trade deadline because it doesn't seem like that. So this is all on them to try and turn the ship around. This is on the players to say, you know what? We need to get our act together. Alex, second half, buddy. This is, you know, this is the home stretch of the NHL season. What do we need to see from this Toronto Maple Leafs team? Consistency uh, from both the goaltending and a, uh and an upfront perspective and uh, depth scoring. I think those are the two things that we need because saw a stat earlier. Bertuzzi's got one goal in 28 games or something. Domi's got one in 18. Um, Nice has zero in 16. Like it's just that those are the three guys right there that were supposed to replace the like, not just replace, but 
up the offensive production from Pierre Engvall, Michael Bunting, and Alex Kerfoot. And they're all performing worse than those three did, which is, I think, a big reason why the Leafs are where they are right now. So if they can somehow find their game in the second half, then I think uh, that's the number one thing they need right now. I'm going to say a big trade. Um, I think we've all seen what's what's been hitting the Twitterverse uh, over the last little, little while, and the Leafs are involved in possibly a big deal. I think that something needs to happen. It's going to create – not only is it going to create accountability within the team because they know nobody's safe, but it's also going to wake these guys up and say, hey, look, changes are coming. Changes need to be made. And if Sheldon Keefe is out, who the hell knows who comes in? It might not be a player's coach the way that Sheldon has been um, to this point in his career. So um, I think a big trade is going to happen. I think the Leafs need to see it to get that consistency, to get that depth scoring, to give him a wake-up call and say another first-round exit isn't going to cut it. Um, yeah. And that's right now that's what we're looking at if we make the playoffs. So um, that said, boys, uh, Leafs take on the Dallas Stars tonight. Scott Wedgwood, Ilya Samsonov goes again tonight for the Leafs. I know this this episode it's going to hit YouTube, but it's not going to hit the uh, hit the streams until later. Um, your thoughts on the game? Who takes this battle of the Robertsons? Alex, I'll throw it to you first. I see me. I see the uh, Leafs taking this one. I feel like they always play Dallas well, and it's going to be really funny if this is up on Spotify after the game and I'm calling the win and they don't win. Um, <laughs> oh, Dallas almost scored. The game's actually on right now. Um, Tradition. Yeah, Leafs typically always play Dallas well, and it just. I don't know. It feels very, very Leafs-esque to respond to an annoying, frustrating loss against a team like the Islanders with a pure angle, quick game-winning goal, <laughs> and respond just with like a dominant effort against a team like the Dallas Stars. So I, I'd have to imagine that'll be the case, but we'll have to uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. Peter, your thoughts on uh, tonight's game? Who's taking this one, buddy? <sighs> I don't even know what to think anymore. Um, I, I I do agree that when they do have a poor outing, Toronto does seem to bounce back. Uh, again, it's on the players to actually play smart, lock it down and do the job properly to secure that W. So, um, I do think they do have that opportunity. I believe Wedgwood was in net before when they went four one. So they know how to solve them. It's just a matter of executing. Well, boys, I think, uh, Leafs win tonight, uh, with a little Nicky Bobby helper. Um, I think he tucks one tonight against his brother. Uh, what better way to send it off against the Dallas stars, um, before we close it out, just a quick couple notes before we uh, that I forgot in the opening here. Wrigley Field will host the 2025 Winter Classic with the Blues and the Hawks. Again, the NHL gets it wrong, giving Chicago everything they want. Um, and then, of course, Brendan Dillon, the dirtiest of dirty, gets suspended three games. Other than that, boys, it's been a it's been a hell of a week for all of us. Uh, I look forward to getting back on it with you guys next week for episode 149. As always, if you're listening, make sure you subscribe down below to the YouTube channel. All the subscribers, always good. It's good to know Buble was watching tonight with all his shroom buddies. Um, other than that, um, as always, follow us on Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter. Hit us up on TikTok. Make sure you follow all of the socials as we continue to uh, lead towards episode 150. That's it for us on Sticks in the Six, episode 148. Shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for continuing to host this amazing leaf show.